This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Crystal Palace 1, Liverpool 3, it finished at Selhurst Park and the Reds move back in sight of Premier League leaders Manchester City thanks to a Virgil van Dijk header, a lovely finish Malik Oxlade-Chamberlain and a somewhat controversial late Fabinho penalty. Good evening Reds and welcome along to the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel with your host as ever Patrick Smith as we react to that crucial win in the Premier League title race. The Reds absolutely dominated their South London opponents in the opening stages, but they had man of the match Alison Becker to thank in the end after the Eagles failed to capitalise upon their numerous chances during the second half, before Kevin Friend, with the help of VAR, awarded Liverpool a late, controversial penalty to put the match to bed. The Reds moved to within nine points of Manchester City with the game in hand, so all is not yet lost in the title race. I'm keeping my hopes up. On today's edition of the post-game pod, we have the verdict of Paul Gorst, the press conferences of Jurgen Klopp and Patrick Vieira, and of course, the reaction of the fans in the stands with Mike Holt, Owen Thomas and Stephen Dawson. Enjoy. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Liverpool have closed the gap on Premier League leaders Manchester City to uh, nine points after a hard force. 3-1 win here at Crystal Palace this afternoon. Uh, it was threatening to look like a... Another comfortable day at Sellers Park for the Reds after they raced into a two-goal lead. Virgil van Dijk scoring inside the first ten minutes from Andy Robertson's corner. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain scoring again for his second goal of the week from another Robertson assist. And Liverpool for 35 minutes were in complete cruise control. And Jürgen Klopp has just said in his post-match press conference that uh, around about the 35-minute mark, his team somehow forgot how to play and uh, Palace really did forced their way back into it and deservedly grabbed the goal back in the second half through um, Odson Edouard after Jean-Philippe Mateta had broken the offside trap and uh, Palace really gave their all in search of an equaliser and Liverpool were a little bit indebted to the um, the well seemingly uh, questionable decisions of VAR when Diogo Jota went down from uh, a challenge from goalkeeper Vincent Gaeta late on um, after a check of the pitch side monitor referee Kevin Friend uh, gave a penalty to Liverpool and Fabinho wrapped it up late on he scored four in the last couple of weeks uh, an unlikely goal scorer in the absence of Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah but um, Liverpool uh, probably got out of jail as we say Palace were really pressing hard for uh, an equaliser they brought on uh, Jordan Ayew and Christian Benteke inside the final 15 minutes Oxley chamberlains afternoon only lasted an hour um, probably a predetermined change in all honesty Takumi Minamino as uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain only came back to training earlier this week but uh, Liverpool held on uh, they showed bags of character and fairness to them they dug in defended when they had to against the late Palace onslaught and uh, came away with what could yet be a massive three points in the Premier League title race it's now down to nine obviously of course Liverpool still got to host Leeds United in that rearranged game from Boxing Day to come and Liverpool have still got to go to the Etihad as well so um, six points in those two big games in Liverpool uh, and then down to three, uh, theoretically at least. There's obviously still a lot of football to play, but uh, not over the next two weeks. Jürgen Klopp and his staff will now be uh, delighted to have a couple of uh, weeks without Premier League football to attend to. It's been quite a busy six weeks or so, covering Liverpool, following Liverpool, so many games across December and quite a few already in January, but now uh, Liverpool are back in action against Cardiff in the FA Cup in a fortnight's time before Premier League action resumes on the 10th against Leicester. For now, um, yeah, Glock will just be uh, happy that uh, the gap is down to nine uh, and he'll plot um, the renewed title chase once uh, the Premier League action returns next month. But uh, for now, he walks away from, uh, from 
difficult game, uh, but a good result here at Sellers Park, knowing that uh, Liverpool are back in this title race. If only to be whispered quietly, it's finished here at Sellers Park. Crystal Palace 1, Liverpool 3. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Um, I don't think anyone would dispute for 30, 35 minutes Liverpool were really good, but did you really need Alisson at, at the end there with three big saves? Yes, we needed him. Um, a lot. Um, you're right, the first 35 minutes were absolutely brilliant, but some of the best stuff they did is um, exactly the way we wanted to play. And somebody would have a proper explanation what happened after 35 minutes and why the people bought it would be a billionaire overnight. I, I don't understand it. 100% I think it's a bit of a football problem, which I feel I'm on the first team where that. The relief, obviously, after a 2 0 after an intense week was, was so big that we just want to have a little break on the pitch, but that's not possible. Um, in these moments, actually, the chances Sellers had in that period, they were all set up by us, pretty much. So we gave them all away in the wrong moment and all these kind of things, so blocks in the wrong moment. Um, that's the stuff that happened. Why it happened? Somebody pulled the trigger. Did we then pull the plug? Sorry. We then in the half time wanted to sort it. It was absolutely clear about both things: how good we were and how bad we were afterwards. So that we have to find back on track, and that didn't work out too well. I think Chris has the that. Um, it was really lively when they came out again, very aggressive, very straightforward, all those kind of things. And the moment scored the goal, um, but then the game calmed down a little bit again and it controlled it more. Um, yeah, we scored our third goal and uh, game over, but all credit to Christian Ellis, they were there when we opened the door of the game. Um, before that, if we would have played 90 minutes like we started the game, that would have been a tough afternoon for Christian Ellis, but we didn't. And so it could have been a draw or whatever, um, but if we wanted, I'm over the moon about it, to be honest. It's uh, so important for us and it uh, fits really good in the moment. Gene Sylvester, the next question. Thank you. Hi, Jürgen. Um, hi, Jürgen. Gene Sylvester from the Morning Star here. Um, Jürgen, I'm not sure if you've had a chance to look at the penalty decision at the end there, but just really wanted to get your view on whether you thought that was a penalty or not. I didn't see it, but um, I did see it back then. Joker thought it was a penalty, I could see that on the pitch. Kavir thought it was a penalty, that's why the ref went to the screen, so I'm not sure what we are talking about now. That's it. Uh, two four eyes watched it and um, um, what can I say? You ask me because you think it was not a penalty or, or why? I think it's more a case maybe that um, it seemed like maybe Diogo had just lost control of the ball and it was running out for a for a goal kick. So I think that's probably where maybe some of the contention has come from. I can't say anything about it. Sorry. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Your uh, general thoughts on that game? Uh, good for a uh, disappointing perhaps for the first half hour, but a really, really good second half. No, first half uh, not disappointed. I think uh, Liverpool was the better team. I think uh, we tried to close them down. 
but the way they moved the ball around, it was quite really difficult for us to put more pressure on the ball. So it was tough. It was really challenging that first minute for us. And when they had a um, good period, they scored those two goals. And uh, in the other side, we came back in the second half, where I believe physically we take over and that momentum was in our side. And we had the chance to, to score that goal, who was, I believe, a, a really good play. And then we we had that momentum and a couple of situation changes, chances that we didn't play especially well. But I was proud with my teams, with my players, with the way we came back in that second half. And how pleased were you with that reaction in the second half? Sorry? How pleased were you with the reaction from your players in the second half? I was really proud. That was a really uh, positive reaction. That is what I expected. That is what I wanted from them. And uh, and they give it to me. When you're looking at the fans behind, they were behind us as well. And, and I think um, we tried our best to get back and try to get the points from that game. And your thoughts on two key decisions in the game, possible offside for... Uh, Firmino in the, the first half of the second goal and obviously the penalty at the end. Did, did you think they were both correct decisions? Possible offside. I think this is a word that couldn't be acceptable in our world. Is offside or is not offside? It has an impact on the game or it doesn't have an impact on the game? It had an impact on that situation, so it must be an offside. And then the penalty, I don't even want to talk about it because I don't want to be disrespectful to the referees and to the referee today because... I can't understand how he managed to give that penalty because I look at it in every single angle and I still don't understand how that can be a penalty. So that decision take our hope away to get back to the game and to get the point. So that was a really poor decision by the referee. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks, Mark Wyatt from London. Hi, Patrick. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. I just want to take you back to that first goal, if you don't mind. Obviously, it's a, a bullet header from Virgil van Dijk, but um, another set piece conceded from another corner as well. Um, is that worrying for you? No, not at all. When was the last time that you conceded a corner? Exactly. So sometimes you have to accept that the, the corner has been taken quite really well. And then van Dijk, the timing and the aggressivity that he had and the way that he put the ball, it will happen. So... Yes, we should defend better, but situation like that, I think when you look at the physicality of the two teams and you're looking at the goal that he scored, sometimes, yes, you have to accept it, but that means we shouldn't defend better. Yeah, and obviously a lot of was made before this game that a lot of players weren't going to be available for both sides. Um, but from what you saw, I thought that Palace really held their own um, for long periods. Um, what did you make of that? I think... Both teams missing player, and that is what we need to deal with it. And when you look at Liverpool squad, I think they can miss anybody. They always have a players to, to manage, and we miss players as well. But you look at the players who play today, who played the last couple of games, I'm really happy with the attribution to, uh, to the team. And then just finally from me uh, as well, a word on Mateta. Um, who obviously started and played really well and was so unselfish to, to set that goal up for, for Odson as well. Um, how did you rate his performance today? I think he, he worked hard, he worked well. And the situation where he gave the ball to Edward, I think that's just show the type of player that he is. And he's a team player and 
I'm really pleased. I'm really happy with what he's showing at the moment. More games he playing and better he's feeling physically, and um, and that's really good for us. Brilliant. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, uh, Jean Sylvester, Morning Star. Thank you. Hi, Patrick. Um, Patrick, I just want to go back to the penalty incident that you mentioned there. Can, can do you mind explaining why you thought it wasn't a penalty? Was was it the fact that you didn't think there was contact, or what was the reasoning behind that? The reason behind that is having those meetings with the referees and explaining to coaches about contact is part of the game. And if there's a situation like that, if there's not an obvious contact, there will not gonna be any kind of penalties. And this one here, the situation, and when you're looking at Jota, who I believe was quite really smart, and at the same time, the referee was quite really naive, or the VAR were quite really naive, so there is no way that Jota could get the ball back and try to score, or there is no way that was like Vince tried to stop. So there is no other way that Vince and Jota will have a contact because of the situation where they were. Thank you very much, Patrick. Okay, and the last one, George Sessions, Pierre. Hi Patrick, um, I know the penalty decision was obviously a, a real key moment, but do you think, you know, overall probably Allison was the difference between the sides? He, he made three huge saves, didn't he? Really? Sorry. Do you think Allison was was the difference between the sides? He, he made two real real key saves from Elise and, and one from Ateta first half as well. Yeah, I think he made some uh, important save at important moment of the game, and. Um, that as well, I think when Liverpool had a good period in the first half, they scored those two goals. We had moments in the first half where we didn't take them. In the second half, we had periods, we had moments where we didn't take our chances. So I think the game reflects quite well about as well where we need to improve as a maturity and playing that kind of games against those teams as well, we make us improve because when you're looking at our front three today, games like that will make them a better player. So it was a difficult challenge for us. And I think we give ourselves the best chance to get something from the game. And, uh, and obviously that decision from the referee take our hope away. That poor decision from the referees take our hope away. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Mike Holt from Go in the Match podcast with my review on Crystal Palace 1, Liverpool 3. Um, well, that was a uh, end-to-end exciting game. Not had one of them for a while. Um, and we've not seen a game so far for the last couple of months, I'd say, where Liverpool started off the better team and on the with a brighter thought. And the first half an hour, we looked so dangerous and so composed. And you were just thinking that this was just going to be you know, another 7-0 potentially that we had there last season. But, you know, like I say, we, we started off really well. Um, obviously, we get the Van Dijk header. Um, not seeing one of them for a while as well. Usually our corners have been hitting the first man. Um, so, great to see that we can score from set pieces again. Um, and then Oxley chamberlain comes in with the goal. Um, that's that's a really good boost for him. Um, playing as part of that front uh, that front three. I know that's not his favoured position. He's better in as one of the three midfielders, but um, that'll do his confidence a world of good just to show the manager that he is able to score goals in that position. Um, 
And yeah, like I say, that first half an hour, especially, we just we battered them. We absolutely battered them. Um, and we, you know, Palace were all over the shop. Um, especially their midfield, it was non-existent. They had a gaping hole in midfield, and we just kept exploiting them. Uh, we kept going narrowly through through that midfield, um, and then we could distribute it wide. And you know, we we battered them. But then towards maybe the last 10 minutes of the first half, Allison pulled out a, f- a few great saves. Um, Matt up starting to look a little bit shaky towards that end of that first half. Um, Passing wasn't the best. Firmino started giving the ball away a bit. Um, and, you know, if it wasn't for Allison, they could have got, it would have been 2 1 at half time. Um, and then unfortunately, you know, it took uh, the start of the second half. We kind of started the second half as we finished the first um on a, on a on a bad foot really that bit shaky um obviously we conceded the goal to Edward um Van Dyke looked a little bit soft there for me I know um Matab doesn't you know c- cover himself in glory we try and play that high line and you know it's 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 I, I'm a fan of playing the high line you know catching the opposition offside. We've got to run back with them as well. You can't just expect that the the Lions is going to flag it. You've got to run with them as well. Um, and I think we got caught out big time with that quite a few times throughout the 90 minutes. Um, and then again, the second half, Allison pulling out some unbelievable saves. Um, he really was the man of the match and probably that probably says what you need to about the game if you haven't seen it. But um, I mean, the talking point of the game is going to be the penalty that was awarded which obviously Fabino slots away. Was it a penalty? In, in my opinion, it wasn't a penalty, truth be told. Um, I can see why some people are saying it was, but, you know, if that if that penalty was given against us, you know, you'd be fuming. You really would be fuming. I think Jota's... There's obviously a coming together, and I suppose the penalty's been given on the, on the basis that they think Jota might have been able to get the ball, but I think he was out of control of the ball personally. I think it was going away from him. I don't think he'd have got there, and it was just a coming together. Um, you know, it, we've seen this inconsistency from VAR multiple times, and you can't just say, oh, you know, it's, it's all all right when it's in your favour. You know, it, it wasn't a penalty for me. And, it, you know, I can understand why Palace will be upset with that um you could see the um emotion on Patrick Vieira's face as he was chasing the referees down the tunnel so you know I would be frustrated if I was a Palace fan but you know I'm not so <laughs> when we've got a title race on so you know it did change the game towards the end because Palace were really picking up uh, a bit of steam um and we were really sloppy in the second half truth be told um really disappointed with Firmino if I'm gonna have any negatives in the game thought it was really really poor um apart from that first half an hour he was doing little flicks that got us in behind but then he just kept giving the ball away really soft didn't fancy 50-50s midfield was okay in Fabino Henderson and Jones I thought that was all right you know they pressed they worked hard didn't give the ball away too much um uh, Oxley Chamberlain, like I say, he played well when he when he went when he was on. He obviously Minamino comes on again. Doesn't he's not he's not really doing too much for me for me Minamino. With Mane and Salah away, you know this is his time to put a mark down on the team. He's not really done that in the last few games, unfortunately. Um, which is disappointing. Jota, I thought Jota was really good, superb. You know he's always such a threat. He's got an, a knockiness about him that I love. Um, like I say, in defence, Van Dijk and Matt were slightly shaky through part of the game. 
Robertson was good. I thought his delivery was really good today and Trent the same. Exceptional pass by Trent um, to Jota, which obviously wins the penalty. Um, but like I say, three points, massive three points again. They all are, uh, especially with City dropping points yesterday. Um, and obviously, it's nice to get this win before the international break. We can regroup. Um, hopefully, Mane and Salah will be back in not too, not too long. Um, that'll make our options in the squad a lot better, making that bench look a little bit better too. Um, but I think the Reds might have got away with one slightly today. Um, but who's arse? Three points. Oof. This is Owen from Cop On Podcast, feeling about as relieved as the person who holds the record for the world's longest pee, which according to Good Housekeeping website, and if you can't believe them, who can you believe, is around 508 seconds, or roughly 8.5 minutes. Coincidentally, 8.5 minutes is, is about the total amount of acceptable football that Liverpool played in the second half as we were out-snapped, out-thought and outclassed by a plucky palace side brimming with youthful enthusiasm. We don't care a jotter about that, though, as three points is all we went to London for and we've got them safely in our title-chasing Duffel back. Our first half an hour was as good a performance as I've seen from Liverpool for a long time. We were counter-pressing superbly, playing imaginative but muscly football and probing like a particularly proddy antigen test up the Crystal Palace nostrils. Then some sloppy play from us allowed them a couple of chances before the break, but we had Alisson, the holy goalie, to thank for keeping it at 2-0. Our man from Rio Grande do Sul was a giant in the second half, as Palace were the ones to do the probing. Time and again they breached our defence, only for Alison Ramesses Becker, Becker the Wrecker, to step in and save our souls on each and every occasion. Pep Guardiola looked nervous after City dropped points yesterday, didn't he? And I swear, if we can keep mixing the swagger of the first half an hour with the luck and resolve of the final half an hour today, Man City might just bottle it. It's been a great weekend in the end. So this is Owen from Cop On Podcast saying, keep believing, my sisters and brothers, because this title race is still alive and Kicking. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 3-1 win at Crystal Palace. I didn't see it, but I think I heard the Liverpool crowd's response to Jurgen Klopp's three-punch salute at the end of the game, which surprises me because he usually reserves that for more deserving performances. Alison Becker was man of the match, and that should clearly let anybody who didn't see the game know that this wasn't a genuine 3-1 victory, although we'll take it. First third of the game, we were exceptional, I think. Um, we were on target to win 6-0. We were 2-0 up and, and everything was going fine. We'd uh, we'd missed a few as well. Fabinho 
had missed uh, a sitter leaning back. And uh, Robbo, similarly, actually, he, he could well have scored. I think Fabinho's was an easier chance um, once Jota pulled the ball back for him unselfishly. But we were riding high, we were looking well. When they scored to make it 2-1, by that time, they could, perhaps should have been, 5-2 up. It was a combination of ridiculously poor finishing on their part and miraculous saves from Alison Becker. He, he, he's so good. He is so good. Um, I think maybe at this stage now, you know, as opposed to 18 months ago, perhaps two years ago, I think now he is our most important player. I think Virgil van Dijk is still the man he was. I don't think he's quite the player he was two years ago. And I'm not just talking about the injury, but I think maybe uh, up until that injury, you know, the season before and prior to that, he was outstanding and he was our talisman. He's the man that turned the corner for Liverpool from the moment he was signed. But nothing lasts forever. And I think he's... Um, probably seen his best days in terms of consistently being the dominant force that he can be. I still think he'll be the linchpin of our defence for some considerable time to come. But Alison Becker is the most important player in our lineup. He the amount of goals he saves, the amount of points he saves us. He's his hands are so quick. His reflexes are so quick and that allows him to delay his reaction to a shot until the very last second. A lot of goalkeepers will commit themselves as the player, as the attacker is pulling the trigger, which means that if you get someone like Bobby Firmino who's attacking, then they have all the time in the world and they can just dink the ball over you or, or dummy the shot, not actually pull the trigger at all and just wait for you to commit yourself. But Becker waits until he sees the flight of the ball, which is unlike most goalkeepers he has the ability to back that tactic up because of his quick hands he stands up so long spreads himself so well but without um, allowing the option of the nutmeg because of the way he positions his, his his knees I mean it's just it's it's a technique that I think is probably leading the way for other goalkeepers around the world He's so vital to us and we would have been very embarrassed had it not been for Alison Becker. And as I say, the, the fact that Crystal Palace sometimes couldn't hit a barn door. They were pretty poor um, from a finishing perspective. Why did they have so many opportunities? It seems like we were losing 50-50s in the midfield. Joel Matted seems to be a little bit slow on the turn. Um, they just seem to get in behind us so often. And that is alarming. And you've got to say, you know, were we playing a, a Manchester City um, or a Chelsea or one of the top European sides, we, we may well have got battered today. Uh, and that's not a good thing. I, I don't come away from this game you know, particularly happy with our performance. I don't think it was a penalty either, by the way. Um, I don't think I'm alone in that. You can't... 
everybody occupies their space on the field. If you run into the space that a player is currently occupying, occupying, you're the one that's committing a foul. And I think that's what Jota did there. I don't think he did it on purpose. He, he changed direction for, for a balance issue, I think, for no other reason. But in doing so, he ran into the goalkeeper and fell over his leg. He cannot penalise the goalkeeper for that. It wasn't a penalty. I'm very surprised that VAR looked at it for so long and then came to the conclusion that the referee needed to take a look as well. And as we've seen so often, whenever that happens, nine times out of ten... I think the referee evidently seems to feel obliged to change his mind because I think the referee should have been strong enough to say, and I don't blame him for getting it wrong in the first place, but then going over to look at the screen and seeing what he saw, I think he should be strong enough to say, no, stand by my decision. Jota fell into the goalkeeper and and stumbled over him for that reason, regardless of what you guys think. Although, of course, I'm not privy to their chatter. I don't hear exactly what their um, perspective of it was. But, you know, I and probably you, if you were watching on TV, will have seen the replay maybe 20 times the number of times they rolled it back and forwards. I mean, it's not a pen. It's not a penalty. So, you know, in in real terms, you know, we won that, I think, 2-1. And uh, we were fortunate not not to come away with a draw or even a defeat. But we got the win. City drop points, so all is well. Um, yeah, let's not let's not keep it on a downer. I thought Diego Diego Jota worked very hard today, and two good assists from Andy Robertson um, means that he remains very productive. There didn't seem to be any injuries. Seems like we get a bit of a rest now. Hopefully, Harvey Elliott will come back and Thiago, and we can and we can push on from here. At Galasahi on Twitter. G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.